drive, gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. This time I'm sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. What's up everybody, welcome back to the podcast, I am your host Josh Hanks and today we have a lot to get through. Um, like I've said before, I'm not going to be talking about NBA 2K24 today. I'm going to save that for next weekend because we're actually, what, 17, 18 days away from that. So I'm going to hold off on that. But going off on the schedule, I dropped y'all on Friday, Saturday. We're going to be going over each and every team, what their record's going to be, why it's going to be the way it's going to be, and then we're going to look at the finals. And then, of course, tomorrow we're going to go over all the awards and just different stuff like that. But I I wanted to do this because it seems right with the NBA starting in about a month. About two, two months? Yeah, two months. Man, I wish October was here. If October could just come fast, that would be nice. I would not be upset about that at all. Anyways, I figured now would be a good time to have some of my early predictions on what each team's record would be going for a division-by-division breakdown. And I think you guys will be surprised by some of this stuff. I think I think you're going to be shocked by some of it. I think some of you guys will agree with it, or you guys are going to downright hate me. Just... Just bear with me through this list. Like you're gonna see some OP um OP teams, but then you're also gonna see some very um bad teams. Not gonna reveal anything yet. You guys know where you can find me, Cortee.com, and of course you can find me on the X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh Carol's for all the other platforms. If y'all have Twitter, if y'all have X, whatever you want to call it, don't matter. Just get up on there, start a conversation, start following me. Trust me, guys, you're not going to miss what I'm going to be posting very soon. More content is going to be coming to our, uh, my YouTube page as well. I'm going to try to do some 2K content in honor of NBA 2K24 releasing in about three weeks. With that being said, guys, I just want to jump right into this episode, but... Before we jump into the division-by-division breakdown, I really want to talk about this real quick. I really want to tell you guys about this poll. So I was bored yesterday, and I decided to create a poll. So I wanted to create a nice, easy, simplistic poll. And I add, honest answer, how much money will you be spending on NBA 2K24? Including like VC, game, game pass, etc. The options were 100, 250, 450, or 600 plus. A lot of y'all participated. Then there was a lot of comments. I'll get to that in a second. Um, I didn't even have this option. I'm, I guess I didn't need to have the option because that was the comment section. 
So the majority of you guys said for uh so forty eight percent of y'all said a hundred dollars. Then there was thirty seven percent of y'all that said six hundred plus, so uh your bank account's gonna love that. No judging here, no judging here, I respect it. Then twelve percent of y'all said two hundred and fifty, then three percent of y'all said four hundred and fifty. Then my entire comment section had none. Zero. Zero dollars. A gif of someone saying zero. One person agreed and said same. So, yeah, guys. Um, There's some people, they're just going to buy the $100 game, call it quits. There's going to be some people that buy the base game, calls it quits, get some VC, whatever, whatever. There's some people that are going to go $600 deep, get all the VCs, have like maxed out builds, about to have all them season passes. And y'all, we did the cost breakdown. I saw the um the uh, tweet, but again, badge plus, uh, badge plug. Oh, I hate being stupid. But where it was $100 for NPA 2K24, $100 plus for a build if you only make one. 64 12 months Xbox Live or PSN. 180 if you buy each Hall of Fame season pass for nine months or for nine seasons. That would be $440. So you can see people spend $450. You see people spend six plus, right? I don't know. I saw people, I saw screenshots of people spending a thousand plus dollars in NBA. An NBA 2K23. Just putting that out there for everyone. But I just wanted to bring it up because I get very, very interested by the polls that I do. And when I do do them. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because people are like, oh, wow, you're spending $600 for a video game. People have done worse. I've seen someone spend $2,000 on a video game before. I've seen, I've seen screenshots. But that's just where we're at now with these types of games. With NBA 2K24. Anyways, one to share that. Y'all know where to find me again on the X. You can also find me on CourtsideHeat.com. Um, and that's pretty much it. I would say you go follow me on Instagram, Facebook, those types of platforms. But let's be honest, those platforms are slowly dying compared to X. X is becoming the hub for everything. You can find my podcast on there. You can find all content on there. You can see some of my articles on there. You can get all the news. It's just so much faster. So much better. And yes, pretty much all I have. I'm not going to complicate anything else. That being said, guys. Let's just jump right into the episode. I want to get straight into um, division by division breakdowns. Because I think these are important. I think these division by division breakdowns are important because I'm not going to go team by team. Well, I am. But I'd rather do division by division because at least this way I can have like all need ordered and it just, I'm not skipping any teams, it doesn't seem rushed, yada yada. So this could be a very long podcast episode, I have no idea how long this is going to take me. But, I have all the teams, 
I have the teams that I think are going to win the NBA Finals, or at least appear in the NBA Finals. I have the quote-unquote underdogs that could appear or win the NBA Finals. I also have up all of the records from the 2022-23 NBA season. So we'll be doing side-by-side comparison, of course. So I think the fr- I think the first conference or not conference first division we should start in is the Atlantic Division, and that's with my Boston Celtics. This is this is unbiased. Obviously, this is this is no bias. There's no bias in this. I'm being straight up. So the Boston Celtics last season were 57 and 25. I think they're going to replicate that success. I think they're going to duplicate it. But being the person I am, I'm going to have them coming in at 56 and 26. 56 and 26. So a game under from last season. But they're obviously a 50 win team. They're beyond a 50 win team. They're not a 60 win team, but they can definitely, definitely win 56 games and I know Marcus Smart left and I know that he was the heartbeat the soul of this Boston Celtics organization and I know that his defense and playmaking were spectacularly huge reasons why Boston was better but he's being replaced by Kristaps Porzingis Derek White is the better playmaker than Marcus Smart. You still have Malcolm Brogdon, who is a good rotational player, who's a good six-man. And you still have Jace Tam and Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown is not always going to be this sloppy player. His handles will be better. He's not going to be a turnover risk. He's not going to be this risky player. And if Porzingis can give the Boston Celtics between 60 to 70 games of action, if he can appear in 60 plus games, he'll be a lot better offensively. Like the, the team will be a lot better offensively. So I'm not I'm not gonna say that they're not a 60 win team. Could I see them be a 60 win team? Yes and no. But if you're gonna win 56 games, if you're a 50 win team like they are, you don't have to worry about it. Once you achieve 50, you're most likely sitting pretty in top five. That that's how I see it. Right? So if you're a 50 win team, you're automatically in the playoffs. Because it's not always gonna be this close. Now, the benefit they have, they're in the East. And the East is not as difficult as the West, right? I don't have to go for that breakdown again, but you guys would generally agree. Like, your top teams in the West or in the East would be the Bucks, Celtics, 76ers, Cavaliers, and maybe the Knicks. I'm going to get to the Knicks in a moment, but... The Celtics just need to win 50 games and they're in. They're in a top five spot. If you, if you win 47 or more games, heck, win 45 or more games, you're top six guaranteed. Win 45, six. Win f- 70, uh, 47, fifth. 
right? So, but if you win 50, then you're top four. So the one game difference really doesn't mean a lot, but they're going to be sim pretty. Then guys, we have the Brooklyn Nets. A team that I'm becoming fond of because of my my guys, former Phoenix Suns, Cam Johnson, and Mikhail Brooklyn Bridges. So I, I know many teams aren't establishing a good faith in them unless you're a part of their fan base. I know a lot of people are hesitant. And you know what? I would be too. But I see something special with this team. I think they're going to win more than 37 games. I think they're going to be a little over 40. I think their final record is going to be 43 and 39. I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say. Because a fair argument is this. James Harden left, Kurt Irving left, Kevin Durant left, the team's been up and down, there's been some turmoil. But, on top, but, but, you gotta remember, they have all the assets, they got the draft capital, they got back Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson, in that Kevin Durant deal, they locked up Nick Claxton, Nicholas Claxton's there, Royce O'Neal's there, Dorian Finney-Smith was brought over in the Kyrie trade, and you're adding Finney Smith and O'Neal in lineups that could be positionless lineups, which is huge because now it also benefits uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Dan Smith Jr. Sure is the playmaking. Here's Brom. Playmaking would be sacrificed, but if Ben Simmons can get and stay healthy, mentally and physically. Look, I know who he is. He's a bum. He's a bum of a first overall pick. He's a bum. But now what we're moving towards is, moving aside all the hate that I have for him, and look at the player that he could still be. If he could be that double-double machine, but being able to be a facilitator, a playmaker, then you wouldn't have to sacrifice playmaking or positional size. And playmaking, they need. They need playmaking. They got the scores. They got the defenders. But they got to focus on playmaking. That's something that they're going to have to look at. And they got playmakers. They do. They just got to be sharpened. They got to be sharpened. So I think 43 wins is good. They're not a 50-win team. I could also see them be a, a right at 500 team. I could see them being at right 500. 41-41. But I'm taking them at 43-39. I think that's fair. I don't think that's disrespectful in the slightest. Because, look. They're not a team. I'm going to be honest. They're not a team where... They're in the rebuilding stages. They, they're just having a spark. They had a spark with Mikel Bridges. They know nobody can score 20, 25 points a game. They're having a spark when Cam Johnson is there. They're having a very, very good spark. They had a late season spark. So they finished the season 45-37, 2022-23. They finished strong going 6-4. and four. 
Like, it was not bad. It was not bad. Sure, were there things they could improve? Yes. But they had that spark. There was a confidence spark growing. There was this type of confidence where this is a legit team. We have legit pieces. Like, this is not too far off from being sustainable, getting out of the rebuild mode. And I don't know what they're going to do with Cam Thomas, but I like them to utilize him more. I don't know why the Nets aren't. I would like to see him, but I get that Jock Vaughn, he's he's head coach. I'm not. I know he has a game plan, but I like to see him be utilized more. I like to see Jock Vaughn utilize Cam Thomas more because Cam Thomas is not bad. I'm looking up his stats right now because I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, he's a 10-1-1 guy off of 44% from the field. Look, he's averaging that in 16 minutes. He's improving himself. And he's still able to play 50-plus games. He played 57 last season. I would like to see him play a little more. It's whatever, though. Cameron Johnson, very good. Had breakout in the 25 games he was able to play for the Nats, right? He was still battling injuries, but he was there for 16-4-2. But I'm very impressed with Mikhail. 26 Four and a half and free. With one steal. Yeah, so I think we just need to be very, very, very patient with him. Very patient. So, that's where we're at with the Brooklyn Nets. Now, staying in state, let's look at the New York Knicks. And this is a team I don't want anyone to sleep on. I don't want any team to sleep, be slept on like the New York Knicks. They're going to be a 48 and 34 team. The New York Knicks were the second best offense in the NBA last season. And while they were 19th in offensive efficiency, their defense wasn't lacking. Their defense wasn't lacking at all. Right? They finished second offensive rebounding. That that's that's one, right? Can't under undermine that. But their dominance of rebounding, especially offensively, that's something very, 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 very respectable. Because you have guys like Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein, Jericho Sims, who is probably going to get extended at $1.97 million extension, whatever, right? He's going to get that next contract. But you have, but then you also have Julius Randle and Josh Hart, and Josh Hart just signed a big contract. And here's the thing. They're, they're, they're a solid team. They're not a rebuilding team. They have the pieces because... You look at certain guys and you're like, that that works, that fits. Jalen Brunson, Quinn Grimes, and Donovan Vincenzo, holy crap, their interior play is going to be good. R.J. Barrett is who R.J. Barrett is. He has been the one of the league's least efficient scorers over the course of his four seasons. He's not efficient. Maybe he could take a leap, 
but you're not looking towards him to be this all-NBA first-team type of guy. But he's still giving you 19, he's still giving you 19-20 a game, 5 and free. He can still rattle off 18-5 and free per game. Efficiency's not there, but he's only 20 free. The small forward's good. There's a reason why back in 2019 he was a top free pick. So I'm not sleeping on RJ because RJ is still very, very good. Efficiency is down the toilet, but he's still giving you those numbers. He's still giving you those averages. Look, if he can improve his shot making, this team could be 50 wins. Because the difference between 40 and 50 is insignificant to a certain point unless you're very tight and every win matters. And that's different. There's different scenarios. But they could be a 50-win team. So I would not doubt them. I would not doubt them on that. So do not sleep them. And they're one of my underdogs that could appear so I should win the NBA Finals. Not to have a spoiler, but that's where we're at. So, I, I'm just bringing up to you guys' attention. Just want you guys to have that in your back pocket. I want you guys to know what we're dealing with with the New York Knicks. Because when all these players are healthy, and I know people talk all garbage on Julius Randle, so do I. But if he fix up the ankle issues, he's still giving you 25 and 10 per game. He's a double-double machine. Is he the best player? No. But you're saying. People want him to be the franchise player. People want him to do it all by himself. Be the guy, put the, put, his, put the team on his shoulders. He's not that player. But he's still a player that can give you 25 and 10 per game. Or 18 and 10 per game. Whatever the case may be, he's a vital player for the New York Knicks. I think that's fair to say. I think that's beyond fair to say. He's a former lottery pick for a reason. I think he came out of the uh, 2014 NBA draft. Yeah. So do not sleep on him. Do not sleep on him. And his free point efficiency went up. Best it's been in his entire season by entire career. Only 28 years old, by the way. But this, this is good. He's taking good steps. But this team is pretty solid. And the Knicks last season were 47-35. So I'm predicting them to be right up in there in the Eastern Conference. Right up in there um, regarding their last season record. Their last season record is going to mirror this season's record. And that's a compliment. But they're going to be better. They're going to be a game better. They can even be free games better. They can even get 50 wins. This is a potential 50-win team. But... If stuff hits the ceiling, they're still going to be secured. Even if they don't get 50 wins, they're still going to be a secured playoff team. That's without doubt. That's without doubt in my mind. Right? So, I don't, so I don't see the Knicks falling off. And maybe people are like, well, maybe the Knicks are going to fall off. No, no, the, the Knicks aren't going to fall off. Trust me. The Knicks are going to do anything but fall off. At least in my opinion. 
Now, speaking about a team that's going to fall off, it is the Philadelphia 76ers, and this is the final team in the Atlantic Division. So, um, I don't know if you guys have been aware or not, but there's been a lot of controversy, a lot of drama, a lot of stuff going on. And I know there's places out there saying, well, they can still be a 50-win team. They can still be like last season to win 54 games. Well, even if they drop off, maybe they can win like 45 to 47 games. Cool, cool. Nah, it ain't going to work like that. Let me tell you it's going to work. The 76ers are going to be a 500 team. It's been a chaotic 2023 offseason. They're going to land themselves a 41-41 record. They're going to be identified as a very poor team in the eyes of a once good team. And they have the talent. They have the talent. I'm not disputing that. But James Harden says he's not going to be here. So here's the James Harden trickle down effect. Here's here's the James Harden effect. Um, he called their moral art twice. P.J. Tucker back those comments on social media and and uh John Bede removed processing in his location of Philly from his location on X. John Bede has also been rumored to want to be traded to the New York Knicks. Be traded out of Philly. So the Philadelphia 76ers are dealing with this James Harden effect where Maybe you don't care as much as PG Tucker, but that's a body. He's still he's still a solid player for his role in the organization. But now you're doing three players leaving, and that's your franchise guy, the reigning MVP. <laughs> so take that into consideration. Take that into consideration. So you may be saying, "Oh, they're gonna win 45 games." Nah, fam. I'm sorry. They're only winning. They're only winning 41. And if we're going by last season, going by last season, they would have been tied with the Atlanta Hawks at 41-41 at 7th, 500, right? They would have been tied with the Raptors as well. So there, there's a great chance they don't even make the postseason this year. Or if it's by some Sherlock miracle that they do, who knows? Who knows? But I'm not going to hold my breath on that. I don't think the 76ers are going to be this fantastic team. I think it's going to be quite the opposite. Um, I think it'll be quite the opposite. Because this team is just, they're falling apart. Like, they're rotting from the inside out. They're rotting from the inside out. Things are getting dicey. Now, if this all goes to fire, if this all goes to the abyss, good news. Tyrus Maxey gets to have a bigger role. He gets to have, like, some silver lining moment. Look, I don't know what you make of this, 
But I know Harden's not playing for the 76ers anymore. He's done. Who knows what's going to happen to Joel Embiid. But there's just going to be so much confusion and turmoil within this locker room. It's going to be absolutely crazy. And that's where we're at. Again, this team has talent. But when your talented players are having this negative vibe, this negative energy, and it's just affecting the locker room, because it's going to affect the locker room. Please don't tell me it isn't. But when this season starts on October 24th, when they played their first game, this, this is not going to be good. I don't think Joel Embiid's... I'm just going to predict some things for the future. I'm not talking about this season. Come next offseason, Joel Embiid will not be on this franchise. James Harden will not be on this franchise. This roster is going to be losing everything. Hate me, love me for saying it, but it's the truth. Come next offseason, we're not going to see Joel Embiid on this team. That is a simplistic, undeniable fact in my in, in my opinion. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. And Joel Beats not a free agent until 2027. So he's gonna have to force himself a trade. He has he doesn't have a player option until 2026-27. Now he's gonna be making 47 million this year. 51 million next season, then 55 the fall, mine, 2025, 26. Then an OV option for that be 59 million. Wow. But this is where we're at. This is where we're at right now. So don't expect the 76 to be a 50 win team. Just pray that they could be a 40 win team. That's not me trying to put fear in y'all's hearts, but. That's just me speaking the truth, speaking the facts, right? As cruel as that may sound, it's just where we're at right now. It's just where we're at right now. Now, I want to switch it up. I want to be a little more positive. Let me be more positive. The Central Division is going to have some straight-up competition in two teams. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. But let's go with the Milwaukee Bucks first. They're going to be a 50-win team. 50-32. and 32. They're going to be a 50-win team, baby. Now, you guys may be complaining because that's a significant drop-off. That's an eight-game drop-off because last season they were 58-24. They were spectacular. Look, again, you're in the East. You don't have to win almost six games. It's a nice accomplishment, but you don't have to win, try to win six games. Burn out your guys. You're locked in at 50, 50, 50, 55 games, right? If you win 50 games, you're automatic lock. You win 45 games, you're pretty much automatic lock, depending on circumstances. But the Milwaukee Bucks, I have faith in this team. I do have faith in this team. This is just the same core. This has been the same, same core. That won the NBA Finals. So, the Milwaukee Bucks have always been known as a great regular season team. They got the win. They they got the Finals win over my Phoenix Suns back in 2021. 
Still not salty on that. Still not salty. But whatever. It's only the third time the Phoenix Suns have been in the NBA Finals. It's the first time ever I saw the NBA Finals. I wasn't alive when back in 93 when they took on the Bulls. Never got to see Jordan play. Never got to see Barkley play. Never got to see a lot of these guys play. I never even got to see Steve Nash play. <laughs> Imagine how I feel right now. But Devin Booker's the greatest Suns player ever, so I don't care. Anyways, last season ended a little bit funky. It did. It did. I'll say you guys can convince me otherwise. Because despite winning league best 58 games last season, they got booted in the first round by the Miami Heat of all teams. But they had Jimmy Buckets, playoff Hemi Butler, playoff uh, Butler, whatever you want to call him, was just torching them. It was just different. Even without Tyre Hero, and he was done for the entire postseason. I know Giannis was dealing with a few of his injuries, but you still had a pretty good core, right? Just the Heat took him out. They're like, there's no excuse to be made from Milwaukee's side, including their fan base. The Miami Heat just beat him. But what happened to the Milwaukee Bucks happened to the Phoenix Suns. I think when the Phoenix Suns won 64 games, 60-some-odd games, they got booted in the second round horrifically to the Dallas Mavericks. So take it as you will. Sometimes regular seasons don't translate into postseasons, right? So I'm not too worried. They're going to be 50 and 32. They're going to be a 50 win team. I'm not too worried about it. Um, you got Giannis, Lopez, Holiday, right? Middleton, right? Chris. As far as I know, Chris Middleton is still on the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Yeah, Milwaukee Bucks, yeah. So I had a brain freeze. Three million, three years, hundred and two million. But yeah. Also, fun fact: the Milwaukee Bucks are one of the oldest teams in the NBA. Um, only the Golden Golden State Warriors and Los Angeles Clippers have higher average age ages, which makes sense if you keep the same core for many years and you're just staying loyal and you're just running it through. Makes sense. That's why the Golden State Warriors are there, and then the Clippers, they just, yeah. They invested in the older guys. That's really all. It's what the Lakers did two seasons ago. If you think about it. But no, that's where we're at with the Milwaukee Bucks. That's where we're at with the Milwaukee Bucks. And... There was no surprise there. There was no surprise. Like, if you think about it, it's just like, oh, okay. 50 wins. Like, you know they're going to be a good team. Like, you don't have to expect anything more than that. You just know they're always going to be in the postseason. They're always going to have, like, that 50-win season. Now, Cliff Cavaliers. Hate me, love me for saying this. But... They're going to be a 50-win season team. They're going to have 50 wins under the belt. Look, the Cleveland Cavaliers are making noise. Sure, it didn't go well against the New York Knicks. Sure, the postseason ended rough. 
sure. But this season, especially in the Central Division, I know divisional divisions don't mean anything. It's only about the conference. I get that. But if you're focused on the Central Division, the Bucks and the Cavaliers will be tied the same record, 50 and 32. One year ago, they acquired Donovan Mitchell. Remember, Cleveland made more noise this offseason summer by acquiring former Miami Heat player Max Struess and George's Nine. I think former Philadelphia 76 player, right? Yeah. And he is not bad. I know he's 30, but he's not bad. He's a he's a late former second round pick out of the 2016 NBA draft. And he still gives you a good, good score run. His three-point shot is good. Like, this team is good. They're going to be a 50-win team. They won 50 games last season, so I just see a fifth. I just see a one-game drop-off. That's all I see out of them. That's that. I'm being honest with y'all. I'm not trying to hype up the Cavaliers because the Cavaliers. I want Cleveland to be good again, like in the days of LeBron. But they were 51 31 last season. They're gonna be 15 32 and up there with the Milwaukee Bucks. That is my true assessment. That's my real deal assessment. Real deal assessment. I'm going to pull up the Cleveland Cavaliers roster real quick. They were second in the Central Division last season, so you're just following the same path. But I want to look at death. I'm trying to pull it up. Internet's slow. Anyways, so here's their starting lineup. Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Max Drews, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. And then you have Karisifer, Isaac Kor. George Nang, Damian Jones. Dean Wade's there, if I didn't already say him. Amani Bates. Isaiah Mobley. Yeah, we're 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 solid. We're cooking here. Yeah, we're cooking here. Like this is such a stacked roster that went out so poorly in, in the postseason. Don't y'all worry. This team. This team is going to be good. I'm not just saying that to say. I'm not just saying that to say. Sure, they were booted in the first round. They were almost swept, but they took it to five games against the New York Knicks. Sure. But this is the type of team that you want to have. Like, J.B. Biggerstaff has a very, very good team. A very, very good team. So, do not underestimate them. Do not. I'm I'm just saying. This is... This is the type of team that you all should be worrying about. This is the type of team that, that keep you up because of nightmares. Like in your nightmare nightmares. This team is really solid. 
Don't sleep on them. They're, they're going to be another 50-win team. They're going to have another 50-win season. Do not sleep on them. Do not. I, I just beg that you guys don't sleep on them. They're not the type of team to be slept on. They're just not. Want to shift gears and we keep going through the Central Division. I want to go to my Chicago Bulls, the Michael Jordan Bulls. Yeah, um, I'm sorry to say this, guys. If you're a Chicago Bulls fan, don't watch this season. Take an extended break. Go play some 2K. Go live under a rock. Because they're not going to have a fantastic season at all. Yeah. So, uh, they're going to go 35 and 47. <laughs> they're not going to have a winning season. Like, their winning season is not going to come for a very long time. But this was to be expected. This was to be expected. Right? Is this really a shocker? 35-47? No. I get that they were 40-42 and 42 last season. And sure, did they make the plan? Yeah, but they're just going to have a dump off. I feel bad for saying it. I don't want to be that way. But they're going to have a dump off. They're just not there. 35-47 and 47 is a very accurate representation of what their season's going to be like. I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but Zoe's not going to be there. Alonzo Ball is gone. He's going to miss another, another entire season dealing with a knee injury, which is such a shame because this, this roster, this team, his skill set was just a match made in heaven. I mean, here's the thing. You can, you can keep saying, oh, we're fine. We have Zach Vina, Kilovic, and DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, you got that type of firepower. You got that type of offensive firepower. But the problem is, they look just so discombobulated. They have no foundation. I don't know what's going on with Billy Donovan. I feel bad his injuries just killed him. Billy Donovan's a very good head coach. It's just not working out well. I don't know how many more chances he's going to get. But I think you have to be patient to the cost because they're all injured. So you have that. You have that taken into account. You have that taken into account. Demar, Zach, Nikhil. They're fine. But they have no direction. They have no hope. When you finish 24th in points per 100 possessions. And put up a very mediocre and eye-stabbing 113.4 points per game. Which ranked in the 39th percentile. When all three above played? That is so sad. And I'm not expecting this monstrous, monumental leap from someone like Patrick Williams or Kobe White. The defense side, duh, the defense side isn't bad because I know you still got Alex Crusoe. Yeah, I did Torrey Craig, my man, TC, former uh, Phoenix Suns player. We, we, traded for him again you know not bad then Javon Carter Andre Drummond sure those are nice gab film players but mm, 
They're just a very underwhelming playing team, if that. Which is so sexy if you look on paper, like, this team can kick it, this team can rock it, they got a good coaching staff in Billy Donovan, their GM is not the most horrific thing I've ever seen, he's tried, I'm pretty sure Zach Levine's gonna be gone too, because Zach Levine is trying to still be in his prime, but not many people care about him because it's Chicago, which once, which was used to be a, a once great team, he's 28 my man still averaged a 25, four and a half, four game, but no one cares. How long he's been with this team? One, two, three, four, five, six, six years. He's gone from one bad team to another. Can you remember? He started out his career, first three seasons with the Timberwolves, and they're like, bye bye. Then he went off to Fairyland with the Bulls, and he's never done anything since. I feel bad. He's getting paid. He's out of his mind. Like he's a he's a twenty four and four guy, who shoots very well. Like his shooting splits are very good, very promising. But twenty eight, not many people care for him. A former lottery pick, he needs to get out of Chicago because this team is a dumpster fire right now, and it's so sad because of all the talent. So sad, so 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 sad. Oh, well, um, that's all I got. Chicago is just Chicago. Uh, oh, by the rip your guys' hearts out, too. I swear, if y'all are a Pistons fan, just start dying now. I know y'all have my man, Monty Williams. I know y'all are going to be getting back Kay Cunningham. And if it's the version of Kay Cunningham that dominated in team with Team USA in a scrimmage, okay, maybe got something, but look, you're just hoping you can develop as your Thomas, Jane Ivey, and James Wiseman this year, mainly Jane Ivey as your Thomas, if you get stuff out of James Wiseman, cool, but Monty Williams is the type of guy to get stuff out of players. It never worked out with DeAndre, and they had a really bad relationship. A lot of that was on Monty. A lot of that was on DA. It was probably 50-50 at times. Other times, you could have swung in either direction, either path, right? But Monty knows how to lock guys. Monty knows how to get more. And they're not a bad team. But they're not a winning team. They're not. They're not a winning team. And I hate saying that, but they're not. They're in the rebuild mode. New head coach, promising players. Your starting lineup is going to look like Kay Cunningham, Jane Ivey, Azir Thomas, Bondanovich, and Jalen Duran. And of course, you got James Wiseman, Isaiah Stewart, Joe Harris, Alex Burks, Monta Morris, uh, Killian Hayes, right? Isaiah Livers, Marvin Bagley. Former disappointment of Duke and Sacramento Kings, whatever. You have guys, you have a very promising rookie that you drafted with the fifth overall pick who is a former overtime elite player. So you have stuff going. Look, the Detroit Pistons are going to win a whopping. 28 games. They're going to be 28 and 54. 
Not trying to disrespect them, but that's 11 more games won than what they did last season. Last season, they were 17 and 65. Now, of course, they have say Cunningham, and they were trading pieces, and they were just, they're just a rebuild. But you're going to take your bumps, your lumps and your bumps. You're going to take your losses and your wins. But this is just about developing players. This is just about getting back on the right track, right? So, yeah, so you got talent with the Detroit Pistons. It's just they're not a winning team right now. they got different priorities, and that's fine. That's cool. No disrespect towards them on that end. Now, the last team for this division, the Central Division, we have the Indiana Pisces. And yes, I said that way. Do not judge me. I am not a freak. You guys are. Believe me. Just leave me the heck alone. Anyways, I got good news for you guys. Y'all had a losing record last season, right? What's last season? Yeah, 35 and 47. Who wouldn't forget it? Well, you guys are relevant, but whatever. I'm giving you guys the edge. The Pacers will be winning 40 free games. You're welcome. I am giving you guys a plus 8 in games. One. Do you know how awesome that is? I I, I don't know. Here we go. So I'm just going to say this. You started out very hot. Started out very hot. Like you were respectable. I saw Rick Carlisle was actually going to do something. Not get carried by. Well, Dirk's longer there, but. So I guess he's just going to be hoping they get carried by Tyrese. But whatever, whatever, whatever. Not going there, not going there. So, the Pacers are building into a good team. They got Tyrese Halliburton. They locked him up. They signed Bruce Brown. Buddy Hill's still there. Tomas Turner's still there. They have a rock-solid top four players. Benning Maverin could be a breakout player. Same with Obi Toppin, who they traded for. Like, I'm not hating it. I'm gonna pull up the roster just so we get the full. So we get the full one. Like, I, so, and, and also, guys, remember. They have Jarius Walker, Jarius Walker, Jarius, Jarius. So you have guys too. So, so here's your starting lineup: Tyrese Halliburton, Ben Maverick, Buddy Hill, Jarius Walker, Miles Turner. Then my boy Jalen or Jalen Sticks Smith, Sticks, Obi Toppin, Bruce Brown, Andrew Nemhard, and T.J. McConnell. Which, what's not to love about that? And of course, you got Isaiah Jack. Jordan Nora there. Aaron Snesmith. If I didn't already say him. So you have guys there. Daniel Tice is also there. So you guys have players. So if you're a fan of the Pacers, congratulations. You're not going to be the worst thing in the world anymore. Well, you are and you are, but you're at least going to be above 500. Take that. Take the win. But if Matherin, Halliburton, healed. Walker, Turner, pile their minds. They could be probably more. They could be probably a better team than 43. They could win like 45, 46, maybe 47. If everyone plays out of their mind. But you're going to have to see Benny Maverick step up. Or Obi Toppin step up. 
And Ben Mather's not playing bad. He's averaging 16-4-1 per game. He was 61st in the NBA with points. That's not bad. Not bad at all. And this will be his second season in the NBA. So you're hoping he has a breakout. Former 6 overall pick, of course, former lottery pick, top 10 player. So Ben Maverin is going to be one of those guys to look out for. Especially if Tyrese Halliburton gets injured again. Or if Ben Maverin just goes off on a tear. So there's all improvement. There's all development. But this team could be could be something. If not this season, next season in the 40 win category. That, that's my feelings on it. That's how I'm approaching them. And approaching the situation. Now guys. We have this one. We got done with the. Atlantic division. We're done with the central division. Now we have. The southeast division. And should I start with the good or bad? Uh, why not? Let's just start with the bad. Come here, Wizards. I want to show how disappointed you guys really are. Whew. Oh, boy. The Wizards. Wizards. Then their season last season. Where you guys at? 35 and 47. That's cute. I'm happy they won 35 games. Yeah, this time they're only winning 20 games. They're going to be 20 and 62. It's not me disrespecting them. I know that's a 15 game difference, but uh, you guys aren't winning anything. Like, you guys are not winning many games. You guys are going to be known as the Pistons of the League. Or even the Spurs of the League. Rockets of the league for that matter. I know they have Kyle Kuzma. I know Daniel Gafford is there. I know Abaji and Kisper. Ty Jones is there. He came over in the in in the in what was it? Was it the Boston Celtics trade? It was because Ty Jones is the former Memphis Grizzlies player. And if I'm not mistaken, he was put over in that trade. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, I just have... Okay, I'm having a few brain freezes. I'm sorry. Sorry, people. I know you got Jordan Poole there as well. The bench has a lot of question marks. Like, if an injury happens, the one or two starters, there goes Washington's season. That's why I'm at 20 wins, is because if an injury happens, their bench can't sustain. There's no other sustainable players outside the starting lineup. Like, Gafford has potential. Avadji has potential defensively. Kersper has potential. Like, there is potential. It's just not this season. I just see him winning 20 games. Heck, they may win 25 games. Shock the world, baby. But 
Um, I don't see him winning. I don't see him winning. I just don't see him winning more than 25 games. I'll give him 25, but they're most likely winning 20. So they're going to be 20 and 62. That's where we're at. Then another bad team would be who? Oh, it would be the Charlotte Hornets. Like, we haven't seen this one before. So I don't know why P.J. Washington has not been signed yet, but he's yet to resign with Charlotte or with any team for that matter. There's some uncertainty surrounding the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Miles Bridges, he'll be whoever he'll be. Um, Gorn Hayward, Lamella Ball, they've been struggling to stay healthy for much of the last three years. I think Lamella just wants out of Charlotte. Especially after this season. Oh boy, they're going to get a 31-51 season. And if you guys don't know the quick math on that, they ain't making the postseason. They ain't making the play-in. So, y'all about to get another lottery pick. Or another favorable pick. Like, should they make these games entertaining a little more competitive? Maybe. Wanna hold, I want to hold your breath. But look, this season is about the incoming rookie, Brandon Miller. You want to develop him. You want to develop this wing player. So this way, you have a pairing of him and LaMelo Ball, maybe with P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges and all these other guys. Right? Taro Gier. Don't Don't forget about my boy, Scary Terry. Don't you forget about him. I will not let people disrespect him. I like Scary Terry. I'm not using that as an insult. I love that nickname. So, look. Injuries are going to be injuries. But you have Lamel, Terogier. Lamel, here's, so here's our star lineup. Um, Lamel Ball, Terogier, Brandon Miller, P.J. Washington, Mark Williams. And I like Mark Williams and Nick Richards. Rick, yeah, Richards. They're good. Gordon Hayward, I I just bag it he plays at least 30, 40 games. Cody Martin's there. Terry Rozier. Uh, JT4. Like they have guys. They have guys. Like the bench is not the greatest thing in the world, but it's there. It's sufficeable. It's su- it's survivable. It's survivable. But PJ Washington returns. TJ wrote I'm sorry, not TJ. Terry Rozier plays that he was playing last season and two seasons ago. Because he's averaging 21, 4, and 5 off of 41.5% for the field. He was 30th in the league in scoring points per game. Do you know how incredible that is? Pretty nice. Pretty, pretty nice. Tim's such a great run. Boss Celtics didn't help him. But this is. The Hornets are. He's a decent player and he's 29. So, that's where we're at. It's just about developing players, such as the wingman, Brandon Miller, and just trying to get injuries under control and making some things competitive, I guess. <laughs> uh, there, there's often more than that, right? Um, I, I really can't say anything else. Now, let's go to the Orlando of Magic. On the Magic, y'all are going to be ending with a 42-40 and 40 season. 
a 42 and 40 season. Um, look, I know that y'all were above 500 for your remaining 57 games, but y'all did start 5 and 20. Now, I get the players they have in Wendell Carr Jr., Franz Wagner, and Paul Banchero, and I know what's coming. I, I know, I know, trust me. I get it. Um, you guys have a lot of good players, a lot, a lot of good talent. Not disputing that. Just not feeling it right now. I know you have Jed Howard. That's the rookie. I see you sucked with the 11th overall pick. So your starting lineup is Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Franz Wagner, Paul Panchero, and Wendell Carter Jr. It's not bad. You're above 500 if you end 42 and 40. So that to me is a dub. That to me is a dub. Like you can't hate on them. They were 34 and 48 last season. Right? So there will be improvement. There will be improvement. They finished strong. They finished strong. But they're going to be 42 and 40. And that's just going to be the name of the game. It is. And and there's nothing wrong with that. They're improving. They're going to be improving teams. So no disrespect there. If we go to Atlanta Hawks of the Southeast Division, because we have them, then we have the Miami Heat, that we're done with this division, then we have three more divisions, so you guys just hang tight. This is going to probably be a, a close enough to a two-hour-long podcast. Don't worry, y'all. So, the Hawks. They traded John Collins in a salary dump, right? Look, I get that losing talent for nothing is a no-no, but Atlanta's going to be fine. They didn't care for John Collins that much. Their net rating was worth with Collins on the floor. And Onyeke Okongu and Jalen Johnson will be getting more minutes. Sadiq Bay and DeAndre Hunter are going to be there. You got the backcourt, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray. Look, they're going to be a team that is... You guessed it. 43 and 39. A 43 and 39 team is not bad. They're going to be better than what they were last season, right? They were 41-41. Right at 500. Smack dab. They were a play a playoff team. So, it is what it is. Um, they were in the postseason. They had some sort of accomplishment. They are going to be better come this upcoming season by two games. But it's all about improvement. It's all about improvement. And this is going to be Quinn Snyder's first full season as Atlanta Hawks head coach. I know we had a taste of it partial last season when they fired Nate McMillan. I love Nate McMillan, but Quinn Snyder's the head coach. And I don't think Trey Young and him had the greatest relationship. I'm just going to be honest. That's just me spitballing. So not really an improvement overall for the Hawks, but they're winning games. At least they're not going down, they're going up. That's how you always have to look at it, especially if you're a fan of this team. So if you're part of that fan base, congrats. You have something to look forward to this season. And maybe they'll be a little better. Who knows? Who knows? But don't disrespect them. Don't not disrespect them at all. Then if we get to the Miami Heat... 
The Miami Heat's a very interesting team, but I think they're going to go 49-33. and 33. Because here's how I'm looking at things. The Miami Heat are going to land Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is going to go to the Miami Heat. This, to me, is like a done deal. Um, I, I think this is a done deal. I don't think Damian Lillard's really going to want to play for the Portland Trail Blazers. I think a deal will get done. So even though you lost two starters in game, Vincent and Max Struess, look, you got some gap fillers in Josh Richardson and Thomas Bryant, but I know that they're not what you would hope for on a top contender. They're good pieces, but not great pieces. But if you land Damian Lillard, his shot creation alone is going to help you. And that's going to be a perfect fit alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who are very, very good. And those two can help cover and protect and just better Lillard because Lillard has a lot of defensive liabilities to his game, right? Like I'm not going to defend them like on his defensive capabilities. They're pretty sad. But in this hypothetical world, I think that can be covered. And I think that can be washed over. And I think they're going to get Damian Lillard. I think they're going to get Damian Lillard. I think they're going to be back in the postseason. They're probably not going to. They could be in the finals. But we're going to take it game by game. Season by uh, month by month. We're just going to take it. We're just going to take it very slow. And I hope that they can land Damian Lillard. I think they will. So in this hypothetical situation. They're going to go 49-33 with Damian Lillard by their side. Without Damian Lillard. They're still going to be a 41 team. Just getting <coughs> confusion out of the way. Pardon me. So that's it for the Southeast Division. I want to move into the Northwest Division because I want to talk about the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, you guys are going to be saying I'm going to be hating on the Trailblazers, but I'm not. Oh, forgive me. So, sure, they're adding Scoo Henderson. Sure, they have Jeremy Grant. Sure, you have things going. Yeah, um, uh, here's my prediction for them. They're going to be an 11 and 71 team. Yes, you guys heard me correctly. They are going to be 11 and 47 team, 11 and 71 team, 11 and 71 team. I'm just saying this over and over again because I just want you guys to know how sad that is. Yeah, I also I also found this very interesting. The Blazers were a minus 10.6 points per 100 possessions when the lower dim play. That's a point differential around that of an 18-win team. That's why I found out. That's why I've read. That is so sad. And that's when the lower doesn't play. They're going to be a less than 20-win team. They're going to be 11 and 71. You better pray right now that them boys up in the front office can develop Scoot Henderson fast. Because if they can't, oh, they're going to be begging for some mercy. Right, that's going to be a field day. Like Teams could be legit dropping 200 on them. Watch it. Watch it. And this prediction is obviously based on the belief that Damian Lillard will be gone before the season starts. I feel as though 
the Blazers will eventually honor the trade request, the trade request, but who knows, they are the Point Trail Blazers and they're them, so who cares? So Dame's gonna be on Miami. Portland's gonna be eleven seventy one with uh, outstanding rookie, you hope. So that's where you're at. That is where you're at. Also last season the uh Portland Trail Blazers ended as thirty three and forty nine. Get ready to lose twenty twenty uh twenty two more games. Twenty two more games, thank you. That being said, Northwest Division, you can't get any worse than the Blazers. So let's go to the Jazz. And this is, you know, this is actually not that bad. The Jazz, I want to make fun of the Jazz. I would not make fun of the Jazz at all. I think they're going to be a respectable 39 to 43. I know they had that hard, um, hot start in the beginning. And they were better than expected for most of 2022-23 for that season. So... They're actually pretty fine. They're pretty fine. I know they got Keontae George, THT, Townhorn Tucker. That's THT. And Colin Sexton. They have a shot to be about 500 in the postseason. They can. I'm putting them at 39 and 43, right? I'm putting them as a 39-win team. But they could be a 40-win team. I'm not going to disrespect them on that. I think they can be, right? That that's where I have them right now, so no disrespect there. But I think that's where we're at right now. Um, they won't. I think they could be like a right at forty win team, but they're not going to be above five hundred. I think they're going to be right at five hundred, just below. But I think thirty nine forty three is very, very, very generous. Now, I'm not calling them a sleeper team, but I'm calling this team a sleeper team, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. With my boy, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I think that team is going to go 47-35. and 35. I think they're going to be a 47-win team. They're going to be better than what they were last season. What were they last season? They were, if I could find them, please. They were 40-42, and 42, below 500. I think for sure that this team can go... I think this could be very, very good. Because here's the thing, you got Jalen Williams, you got Josh Giddy, you have Chet Holmgren coming back, Shea Gilgit Alexander. I you got a lot, you got a lot, you got a lot of good pieces. So you got Luke Dort, you got Jeremiah Robinson Earl, you got Trey Man, you got Poku. Right, so you guys got pieces. You guys have pieces. Their star line is going to be Shago Alexander, Josh Giddy, Luke Dort, Jalen Williams, Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, backup, Kaysen Wallace. Don't forget about Kaysen Wallace. Don't. Uh, Aaron Wiggins. Right? You got other guys. I know Usman Garaba was cut, I think. Ty Ty Washington Jr. was cut, I think. Uh, where is he? I saw something like that. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. Is Ty Ty still on? No, I think Ty Ty is still with, um, I'm on ESPN right now, and they're showing him with the Thunder. Yeah, no, they waved him. <laughs> yes, I don't know why ESPN's not updating their depth chart. That's where I'm getting all, like, the rosters and stuff from. 
interesting. But I think they're going to have a really good season. I know people are like, oh, they're going to have a plateau. They're going to go down. They're not going to be good. No, I think they will. I don't think they're going to be at the same record of 40 and 42 like they were last season. I think they're going to be good. I have confidence in them. I think they're going to be the second best team in the league. Or I'm second, uh, second best team in their division. I honestly do believe that. I think the Timberwolves are also going to go 45 and 37. Speaking about the Timberwolves, so let's just go to them right now. For 45 and 37 seems very respectable. So you got Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards. You got Rudy Gobert. You have Carl Anthony Towns, Big Cat. Look. Bruce Brown later called Minnesota the toughest postseason opponent the Nuggets faced. And... With Gobert, Towns, and Connor all coming back, Jay McDaniel still improving, I think they can be a solid team with Anthony Edwards because he's an absolute superstar because he averaged 28-4 and free. I'm sorry, 28-4 per game. I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you guys. This is something you guys don't want to sleep on. The Toronto, I'm not, I'm sorry, um, Minnesota Timberwolves, I was about to say Toronto Raptors, but the Minnesota Timberwolves could be a very, very solid team. So please do not sleep on them. Now I want to get to the Denver Nuggets, because why not? The Denver Nuggets, I think in my opinion, are going to go 56 to 26. I think they're going to be one of the top leagues. I think they're going to be tied with the Boston Celtics for their record, because the Celtics will end with a 56 26 record. They'll be the best. Those two teams are going to be the best teams in the league. Undoubtedly so. Those two teams will have the best record. Best tied record. Tied best record. That's my opinion. That's how I feel. That's how I feel things are going right now for them. That's just my prediction. I think 56 wins is beyond fair. Um... I've seen the end of what, 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 like with what, 52 wins last season? How many wins? 53, my bad. I was off by a win, but... 56 is very, very good. Um, look, they're reigning champs. So I'm going all in with them. They got Nikhil Jokic. I get that they lost Bruce Brown, but they got Michael Porter Jr. Nikhil Jokic, Jamal Murray. They got a lot of good guys. KCP is still there. Aaron Gordon. Like, I'm not... If Christian Braun steps up... Oh, buddy. Christian Braun is already stepping up, but if you get guys like Christian Braun to step up or Payne Watson, oh, guys, that's going to be great. Those are young bench pieces that can make a big difference. So, I don't really have to explain why I have my 56 wins. I'm pulling them at 56 wins, right? Moving out of the Northwest Division, we have two divisions to go. Thank y'all for being patient to the cause on this. Because this, this has been a long while. I told y'all this is going to be a long podcast episode. But I'm happy that we're doing this one. Because this is so needed. So crucial for us. We're heading into the Pacific Division. With the Kings, Suns, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors. Speaking about the Suns. Let's talk about them. And how they're going to win 54 games. Because Devin Booker is him. You got Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, DeAndre Durant, Eric Gordon. Like, the team that's going on right now in the World Cup is just amazing. I want to see DeAndre Durant play like that. How he's playing right now for his team. 
How him and Eric Gordon are playing right now is beyond fantastic, man. Like, this is going to be so, so good. It's going to be so good. Like, Kieta Bates Diop, Eric Gorn, Yota Watanabe. Oh, this guy's going to be so good. Diana Drain under Frank Vogel. Like, guys, I'm excited. I'm excited. They're going to win 54 games. They're going to be the best team in the division. They're going to be the one of the best teams in the entire NBA. They're going to be the third best team in the NBA. Market. Market. They're going to be the third best team in the NBA. Write it down, guys. If you're a Phoenix Suns fan, this is the best time to be alive because we have so much talent. This is it. This is Devin Booker's time to shine. He's in his prime. Let's do it, guys. Let's go out there. And also, I want to combine all three of these because I think we can. Yeah, I think we can. Uh, I think we can. I think we can. I don't think probably couldn't. But the Pacific Division is going to be won by the Phoenix Suns. I think I think it's very fair to say. I think it's very very fair to say. So, I believe the Sacramento Kings, Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers will all have the same record of forty eight and thirty four. They'll all free free the free the free teams. Oh my, I can't speak. Uh, all three of those teams are going to have the same record of forty eight wins, forty eight and thirty four. I honestly do believe that. And I'm not just saying that to say. All three teams are very talented. But I think all three teams will struggle to find their balance. Uh, at times, struggle to find their groove and momentum during this regular season. They're going to try just to have that hunger. Maybe the Sacramento Kings will push their way out of 48. Maybe become a 50-win team, 49-50-win team. Who knows? They can win 49 games. Perfect. They become a 50-win team. Perfect. But I think they're all going to be right at 48 wins. Maybe a game higher, maybe a game lower. But that's just how I'm feeling about it. Again, no disrespect, but that's just that's just how I'm feeling about it right now. That's just how that's just how I'm looking at things right now. And of course, our final team of this division is going to be the Golden State Warriors. I think they're going to win 51 games. They're going to be three games behind the dominating Phoenix Suns. They're going to be 51 and 31. You have Stephen Curry, Draymond Green got extended. Jordan Poole's gone, so chemistry, locker room morale is going to go up. Andrew Wiggins hopefully does have another extended absence, but that limited the Golden State Warriors starting lines total minutes together. But, but, when you get Andrew Wiggins back, you're going to have a very... Very, very good starting unit. But you have Curry, Clay, Draymond, Kevon Looney. Then you add CP Free into the mix. Which adds even more playmaking despite his old age. You got Jonathan Kuminga and Moses Moody. Who could be good developing players. And Chris Paul knows how to get good stuff out of 
good development players. And I think John Kamenga and Moses Moody are going to really, really hone in and really, really be impactful in their designated respective roles. So I think it I think it's fair to say they're a fifty one win team. They're obviously making the postseason. That is without doubt. That is without doubt. Let's go over to the Southwest Division. I want to go over there and I want to talk about the Spurs first because you guys should be excited. Y'all get Victor Wembin Yama. Look. Yeah. Spurs. Not a very good team right now. Hence why they got the first overall pick. They finished last season 22-60. and 60. But make no mistake, this 22-60 and 60 team is about to turn into a... Oh, I'm just kidding. They're going to turn into a 28-54 win team. They're going to they're gonna turn into a 28 win team. They're going to be 28-54. But look, this team is loaded with still developing Spurs players. Still, they're, they're with good players right now. And you're combining Wemby with Kellen Johnson and Devin Vassell. Vassell. This is going to be a very interesting young lineup. Like, I'm excited. I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited. Because you have the star lining of Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Kellen Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, and Victor Weminyama. With C.D. Osmond, Zach Collins, Reggie Block, uh, Malachi Bram, and Cameron Payne being right behind. So, do not rule this team out, but I think 28 is very respectable. They're in a rebuilding. There's going to be some growing pains with Victor Weminyama, there is, but I think that quote, the greatest prospect in the history of team sports, end quote, being compared um, to LeBron James, I think he's going to shine. I think he could average 25-5 this season. But are they going to translate into wins? Probably not, but they could push themselves to be in a 30-win team. But I think being right at 28 wins is going to be good enough for them. For the Rockets, look, um, I hate to say this, I know... That they added Fred Van Vliet. They're making huge adjustments and huge acquisitions by going out and getting Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet. They want to try to get more out of Jabari Smith Jr. And I know, and I know, I know what's going on. But this is not an experienced supporting cast that these guys have. So Fred Van Vliet's going to try to do the best. Like, I think 32 wins is about right. I almost seem like I'm just pulling him down. Like I, I don't want to see be, appear that way, but I just I think they need a season just to coagulate, just to get everything under control. Because this this roster can be a 40 win team. You got Fred Lee, Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, Jabari Smith Jr., Albert and Tegun, Jock Lindell, Tar Eason, Cam Whitmore, Ahmed Thompson, Kevin Porter Jr., Deshaun Tate. Uh, you guys got a lot of good players. I just, I think you need to take a season. Now, if I'm wrong, that would be the greatest thing ever. I don't want to count the Rockets. I want the Rockets to be good. I just don't see them being a 40 win. <sighs> I just don't think they're going to be a 40 win team. I think next season they could be a 44-5 win team if everything goes well. 
if everything goes well. But right now, they're going to be 32-50. and 50. Maybe they get another good pick. Who knows? Who knows where we're going to be at? Um, the Pelicans, 41-41. It's going to be their rock. Um, they're going to be their, um, what do you call it? It's going to be their record. I think that's fair. Look, you're going to have your ups and your downs. Whether Zion Williamson plays or not, I, I think that is kind of irrelevant at this point. I think 41-41 is fine. It's 500. Look, you never really had the reassurance and dependence on the availability of Zion Williamson. If he can play most of the season, then maybe you can get like 45-47 wins. Maybe. I don't know. Because the locker room chemistry is going to be off. It's just going to be off. It could make it worse. You still have Brent Ingram, CJ McCall, with Jonas Alchunas, and Larry Nance Jr. And I know you got Herbert Jr. So I hate just giving them... I know. I, I just hate giving 41 games. One, but look. It is what it is. Trey Murphy is also there. I don't know, guys. I'm keeping that 41, but they can obviously make it a little mid more impressive. Maybe get 45 wins, make it a little some some. Who knows? Who knows? That's right, 41, 41. Then we go over to the Dallas Mavericks. I think they're gonna have a 48 win season. 41 season? Yeah, why not? Why not? I think having a 48 win season. Is perfect because I think that Tim Arway Jr., Kyle Irving, Luka Doncic, all these guys. I get that you're losing Christian Wood, but if you could trade him for something, I don't know. Maybe he just walks away. I don't know. I don't know what happens to Christian Wood, but I think that there's a. I think the Mavericks will be in the postseason. I know they lost a few players, going to lose a few players, but I think that this can be. A very, very, very solid 48-win team. Because you got to remember, you have Luka, Kyrie, Tim, Grant Williams. Remember, you got Grant Williams. Dwight Powell, Holmes, Maxi Kleber, uh, Josh Green, Seth Curry, Jaden Hardy. You got you got Josh Green, if I don't understand. I'm pretty sure he did. So you got, you got guys. You got guys. So I want to stress about that too much. Too much, right? So that's where I that's where we be at. I think like I'm I'm excited for them. I think forty I think forty eight wins would be appropriate enough. I think them having a forty eight thirty four record would be fitting. Would be would be fitting. So I'm not going this I'm I'm not gonna say they're a fifty win team, but they're 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 Good, soft, 40-win team. I think that's respectable enough. I don't think there's any disrespect on that, especially when you have Kyrie and Luke on the same team. Um, that's just my opinion, though. Just where we're at. Just where we're hanging at right now. And of course, we got the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think the Memphis Grizzlies can win 49 games. I think they can become 49-30 and 30 free. I think the Grizzlies can be 49 to 33. 
They could become like a 51 team. I get John Morant. John Morant is suspended 25 games. But you. But. They added Marcus Smart. They added another defensively sharp playmaking point guard. But you also have Jaron Jackson Jr. You have Desmond Bain. You got guys there. Like, this is a very, very good team. So even even without having them for what? 25 games? Who cares? Who cares? Look, you got Mark Smart, Desmond Bang, John Connor, John Cock. Okay, John, you're there. Uh, Jerry Jack Jr. and Stephen Adams. That's them without John Moran. That's not bad. You can survive that wave. Then when he comes back, forget about the 25 games. Survive that. You'll be able to win. They'll be the on the winning side of that suspension. When he, when John Moran comes back, he does high flying stuff. He does his impactful stuff. Boom. They come out 40 wins. That's how I'm looking at it. That's how I'm looking at it. They're going to be 49-30 free. 49-30 That is my bold yet accurate prediction. And last season for fun, they were 51-31. So, do they tank off a bit? Yes. But could they get back to that stats of being a 51-win team? Sure. But I think we're going to see... Uh, I think we're going to see this season 50 wins be pretty exclusive. I think I can I think it's going to be a pretty exclusive club. And if someone gets to 60 wins, that's just going to be ultra rare exclusivity. That's just a different club onto its own, right? I think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. So that's all the divisions. We are through all 30 teams, division by division breakdown. Now, guys, who are the most favorable teams to win the NBA Finals? I'm not going to break this down to all the tiny little nuances because this is way too early to try to decide. But I think here are the five teams. And this is ranked in no particular order. The Golden State Warriors, the Phoenix Suns, the Boston Celtics, the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, they won the championship. The reigning champs got put them in there. And the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that's fair. I really don't see anyone else being the most favorable teams to win the finals. But now here are the quote-unquote underdogs that could appear and or win the NBA Finals. The New York Knicks, the Miami Heat, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Sacramento Kings. I think out of this entire list, it could be the New York Knicks. I think we could see a real possibility of it being the Knicks in the NBA Finals. Or I could even see the Cavaliers. They got the firepower. Both of those teams got the firepower. Now, if the Heat have Damian Lillard, if the Heat get Damian Lillard, it's going to be the Heat, no questions asked. they don't, then you're going to be the Knicks or Cavaliers. I still think the Suns win the NBA Finals this season, but I'm not going to give you who I think is going to win until the first week of the regular season. Because it's just way too early. And I'm going to be really biased. But I guess I'll say the Phoenix Suns for now. But this is where we're at guys. This is all I got for today's podcast episode. We went through each team. All 30 NBA, of the NBA teams. All 30 NBA teams. Um, We get records. 
We looked over the past records of last season. We went through everything, anything and everything. I thought this was detailed enough. This was my reasoning. I'm going to keep this list with me. I'm hoping that I get a lot of these accurate. I think it would be really accurate about the poor Trailblazers. That would be really funny. That would be really funny. But I'm going to keep this in my back pocket. Thank you guys for listening to this tear I know this is almost like an hour and a half long. So this is where we're at. And I'm just, I'm so grateful you guys are listening along and having a good time. Remember to share this with your family, friends, that random person you just met off the side of the street on a subway. Yeah, it's very random. Don't worry, I'm a random person. Anyways, guys, you know where to find me on CourtesyHeat.com or on The X. So, guys, with that being said, peace out. See y'all.